0: Praise the Lord. Okay, so we'll look at, uh, he's made us glad. Now let's start here in, in uh, John chapter 8, because there's there's some depressing things that, that face us. And we're kind of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Uh, let me switch this to the King James just a moment. And uh, <clears throat> this is in John chapter 8. Jesus is talking to, um, oh, well, there's a whole crowd here. And let's see, I want to go here? Hang on a second. Yeah, look at this. Look at verse 21. I know we're jumping in the middle of this, but you want to hear what he said anyway. Then Jesus said again to them, I go away and you shall seek me and die in your sins. Whether I go, you cannot come. Ooh, die in your sins. Oh, well, wait a minute. Let's keep going. Uh, well, actually, it's right there. In verse 23, he said to them, You are from beneath, I am from above. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus, you're, you're just sort of bringing a new thing here. Don't be saying radical stuff like that. He can't deny who he is. He really is God in the flesh. He was not from here. Okay. Anyway, he said to them, you're from beneath. I'm from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. And that's not about what I have done because we've all done. It, it matter. But even if even if, let's just say, Dustin and Katie and Aaron were perfect. It doesn't matter. The book of Romans says what Adam did. Grandpa Adam, a long time ago. What he did stained them. It did. Like, golly. See, that's the reason you have to have a new birth. Marvel not, I sent you. You must be born again. How's that going to happen? Well, a guy came to Jesus and asked that same question. But anyway, let's go over here to, uh, uh, back to, uh, in John chapter 3. So unless we believe that Jesus is he, we're going to die in our sins. Well, here's this fellow that came to Jesus by night and said, Okay, I know you're from God. Nobody can do these miracles except God be with you. That's where Jesus said, except a man be born again, he ain't going to get there. Well, anyway, let's skip on down here. So we get John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That 's the whole key. I saw Dr. Jimmy Jackson one time uh, in town, and I know him, but uh, some i mean i 've known him since high school, and we were talking about a friend of ours that uh well another another guy and uh that we knew and uh, anyway, I was asking i said what what happened to him because he got over into legalism type stuff, in other words, if you do certain things and keep this, 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 then you're going to heaven. But Dr. Jimmy Jackson, who should be on TV right now, he said, that doesn't line up with John 3.16. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. So we don't make this hard. Think how hard Jesus made it on on this story right up here in verse, if I scrolled up, when Jesus said, well, unless you be born again, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. Now that is extremely hard. And Nicodemus flipped out. How can I be born again? And Jesus said, you know what, you're a preacher in a church and you had not figured this stuff out. And this is how it happens. God so loved the world. It's not what I do, or Dustin does, or any of us in the room. God loved us. He gave His only begotten Son. That's the reason Jesus said, unless you believe that I am He, you're going to die in your sins. Well, that being so, we're not going to say if, because we know it's so, Uh, then guess what? That makes us some very happy people. It does. Look at the book of Romans here, and go down here to oh chapter eight, and look at verse. Uh, I don't go to Living Bible here, and look at uh, verse one. So there is now no condemnation waiting those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now I'm starting to understand why in the Old Testament when they had all these feasts, the feast of the, the, the celebration of the Passover. Then they had the Festival of Weeks. You don't have to know all these names. And they had this one and that one. One of them was called the Shelters. And And it was a hootenanny. Now, why would you have a hootenanny? God loves us. Think about it. God didn't come in later after the earth evolved or whatever, the Big Bang. No, God created this world. It's gorgeous outside. When you go outside and look at the beauty of this world, take a look at all the knockout roses. When I drove up there at the front, I mean, on their own, each bush alone, just boom, 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 you know? And then the sign is covered up. Where did that beauty come from? Why? Why not have a rose that has a little condemnation in it? You know, like, when you look at it, it makes you feel like, oh, God, God hates me. Well, that ain't gonna happen. Mm-mm. And if you've ever been out in the ocean before, usually Navy people have, or if you've deep sea, uh, deep sea fish like I have before, uh, I've been out there before, and I always heard, you know, the deep blue sea. One time I was out there looking over the back of that boat. We're fixing this fish 30 miles off the coast of Gulf Shores, and it, I thought I was looking at the tiny bowl, man. I never saw that blue water. It was gorgeous. I mean, we were fishing in over 100 foot of water, but the bubbles coming underneath the boat, it was gorgeous. Where's all this beauty coming from, you know? Well, according to the book, God created all this stuff. And guess what? There's no condemnation waiting those who belong to Christ Jesus. And we certainly shouldn't be wondering every day, I wonder if I belong to Christ Jesus. Oh, mercy, you belong to him. Jesus made it so simple, didn't he? He said, <clears throat> he just said, well, if you don't believe that I'm he, well, we believe he's he. Let's go back to one more thing in, uh, in John here. So this is what makes us real happy people. We don't have to sit there and think of, and if you have those thoughts in the morning going, oh no, I wonder if God still loves me. Oh, please think of John 3.16. Or just get your Bible out and start reading. And start reading anywhere. Praise the Lord. It'll help you. Uh, Now look at this. This is is just wonderful. Uh, John chapter 3 again. So uh, here we go, John 3.16. we're looking at the Living Bible this time. So notice, God still loves the world. We got that part. Look at seventeen. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it. Guess what happened to you if you were sitting somewhere and you just happened to be reading John chapter 3 and, you, and you're, you're kind of wondering, oh, one day I'm going to face God. Or my problems today, you know, gee, maybe it's because, I mean, I, I, I've always heard this. I've made my own bed. I've got to sleep in it. Who hasn't? We've all done that. We need the mercy of God. But guess that, guess, look at this. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it but to save it. He knows we got a mess going on there. Now look at verse 18. There's no eternal doom awaiting those who trust Him to save them. That's me, buddy. I'm at least the guy on the thief on the cross with Jesus. I'm dying next to Him. I tell this almost every Sunday. But he didn't have much of a chance to prove he was going to be some super Christian, did he? Because he's dying. And he just says, Lord, remember me. Just, just remember me. Jesus is Lord, remember you. Today you'll be with me in paradise. So quit trying to earn this stuff. And when you think, I don't have to earn this stuff. It's a gift. Oh, you're on, the, you you're, you tuned into the right channel. You've just made yourself happy. And then you're on a roll. You're exactly where the Lord wants you to be uh, <clears throat> as far as what he needs you to do today. He wants to make you glad. And we have a psalm that we'll look at in just a moment. He does want to make you glad. Now let's look at this. In, in the book of Acts, um, it's actually Acts chapter 2, excuse me. Acts chapter 2. Uh, people just gave their life to Jesus here. Okay. Uh, and look what happens down here at the end. Uh, let me switch this to the, King, I mean, the Living Bible just a second. So all these people just got saved. Well, boy, they're in for a bunch of trouble. I mean, those of us that have known Jesus for a long time, you know how it goes. You, sometimes you can just talk yourself into thinking that God's not happy about you. And you've got to get back to your book and start reminding yourself that God is happy about you. Don't worry. If you got a problem, you'll know it. The Lord, You and the Lord will work it out. But it's not about being unhappy for years and years and years or days and days and months and months and months. It's not. Uh, look at this. In uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 44, all the believers met together constantly, shared everything with each other, selling their possessions, dividing with those in need. They worshiped together regularly in the temple each day, met in small groups and halls for communion, shared their meals with, whoop, look at this, great joy and thankfulness, praising God the whole city was favorable to them each day. Uh, God was adding to them that were being saved. But anyway, there's great joy. It's not about oh man, you give your life to Jesus, man. You just you're, 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 you don't know what depression is like until you start serving the Lord. That's ridiculous. One more spot here uh, in the in the book of Acts, and we'll just call this first timers. Okay, so uh, in this little section about first timers here. Okay, let's see. Philip, what's he doing? Philip, for instance, went down to the city of Samaria and told the people about Christ. Okay? Hello, we want to tell you about Jesus. Okay? Crowds listened intently to what he had to say because of the miracles he did. Now, remember, Philip was not an apostle. He was just simply a believer. And people are going to listen to you when you start telling what the Lord did for you. I mean, they will. They're just... He did what? And like one thing Dustin was saying the other day, watch, look closely while you're talking to somebody, you'll have a miracle close at hand, and you can just say, oh, just for instance, just a moment ago. You know, he said many evil spirits came out screaming. They left their victims, and all who were paralyzed or lame were healed. Look at this. So there was much joy in that city. Wow. So God wants us to be unhappy. No. Ridiculous. No way. No way. Okay. So let's go back to... Uh, a great story. But again, I, it's funny how these stories, and even when I mention this one, you'll go, oh yeah, that's right. Because these things are, what do we say? Excuse me, John, Ooh, Luke. Oh, they're not on our mind. And that's where our job is. We've got to keep them on our mind, especially when we feel like, I don't think God's going to do anything for me today. Oh, yes, He will. Yes, He will. Let's just take this whole chapter here. Watch closely. Dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to Jesus, came to listen to Jesus' sermons. What? Now listen. What if you were a dishonest tax collector or some other notorious sinner? Would you go to church? You don't want to go to church. But there's something about Jesus that these guys wanted to go see jesus well see that tells you the difference between some churches and jesus and we got to keep ours where jesus is because oh we're going to have a bunch of christians that don't even want to hang out with jesus but thank god not, not here so anyway look what happened but this caused complaints from the jewish religious leaders and the experts on the jewish law because he was associating with such despicable people and eating with them, and of course Jesus was probably saying, "Put that drink down." No, he wasn't. He's was probably saying, "Hand me one." Remember in Luke, we got Luke's account. Luke said, "You remember my cousin John the Baptist? He didn't drink, and he didn't, uh, and he didn't eat uh, certain things." He said, and "They said he was demon possessed." He said, "The Son of Man." He says, "I drink my drink and eat my meat," and they think I'm a drunkard and a glutton. That's what Jesus said about himself. Okay. So anyway, I know sometimes it's a hard thing to swallow. But see, you got to realize that in the Old Testament, when God's referring to blessings and stuff like that, and he even commanded everybody that had vineyards and stuff, you had to give a tenth of that to the Levites. Well, the Levites, we don't touch that stuff. (laughs) Yeah, they do too. They do. Anyway, watch this. So anyway, what happened? So he was eating with these guys. Despicable. So Jesus used this illustration. If you had a hundred sheep and one of them strayed away and was lost in the wilderness, wouldn't you leave the ninety-nine others and go search for the one until you found it? (laughs) Ha! Well, the religious people would. But guess what Jesus would do? Now think of yourself for just a moment. You know where this is coming from. Guess what? We all know we, at times, sometimes we we create our own depression. I don't know if God's real happy about me. And you start reading this story. Guess what? Uh, are you one of the 99 or are you the one? Well, you're probably thinking you're the one. Well, guess what? Jesus is coming after you. He loves you. He's coming after you. So, get happy about it. Don't worry about it. We've all blown it and just remember that he just said notorious sinners. I mean, we wrote this one down. Richard is known for sinning. Guess what? Jesus is still coming to me and I'm still wanting to hear him. Boy, that last thing Jesus said, that was great, wasn't it? You know, I mean, multitudes, it's not, we have this picture of, and I heard, uh, you know, whoever, late night comedy the other day, uh, I, I saw the clip of it, whatever, you know. It, 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 look how asinine this this is. It says, Jesus was not so famous. He only had 12 followers. And he was comparing his late night ratings, millions of people. You know, I'm like, oh, let me tell you, he don't even count. And you know the Beatles actually said that they were more popular than Jesus. I beg your pardon. I have never owned a Beatles album. But I have owned the Bible, and the Bible is still the best seller. You know. Yeah, yeah. Gee. Oh, anyway, so watch this. <clears throat> so anyway, so he leaves the ninety nine, goes after the one. Look at this. And and would joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. Now wait, we need to rewrite that because he comes to get me, he's beating the tar out of me. And he's mad. No, he's joyfully bringing it back. When you arrive, when you call together your friends and neighbors and rejoice because your lost sheep was found, I don't care if you lost your pocket knife or whatever, and I have. Or you lost something of your favorite thing. You know, when you find it, you get excited about it. We were talking about some of that this morning. And Jesus wants you to be excited. Is there something, there's, and what it is, depression is from the, the devil, you know. He does not want you to be happy about anything. And Sometimes, if you listen to the devil, he will convince you that just because you're happy, you shouldn't be. Because that's not making heaven happy. That's dumb at is super dumb. It's all through the Bible we are supposed to rejoice. Remember that rejoicing in the Lord always again I say rejoice. So anyway, verse 7. Well, in the same way, heaven will be happy over one sinner who returns to God than over the 99 who have it strayed away. Okay, so praise the Lord. Heaven's having a good time. You know, the Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Anyway, so take another illustration. A woman has ten valuable silver coins and loses one. She won't she light a lamp and look at every corner of the house and sweep every nook and cranny until she finds it. Then she won't, then won't she call her friends and neighbors to rejoice with her? In the same way, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God when one sinner repents. Now, here's the story. Now, we've heard it a million times. But watch this. To further illustrate his point, he told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger told his father. Now, think a minute. We obviously know we're these sons. The father is, of course, God. I want my share of your estate now. First off, we think God's poor. We think God don't want you to have no money. Well, then this is a worthless illustration. No, it's not worthless. God does want you to be blessed. I mean, it's just constant. It's not, well, when you reach a certain point, he'll do, no, it's inheritance. It's there. The only thing you could be doing about it and wrongly is going around saying, i never get a dime. God, don't bless me. Well, let me tell you, you're digging your own hole. Because prosperity is yours. Healing is yours. Everything you touch should be turned into gold. It just should be. That's the way it goes. You don't have to reach a certain preacher level and all of a sudden you've arrived. It's all a gift because of Jesus. It's all. So, here we go. I want my share of your estate now instead of waiting until you die. His father agreed and divided his wealth between his sons. You know what? You can ask for things from the Lord. He'll give them to you. He just will. A few days later, this younger son packed his belongings, took a trip to a distant land, and there wasted his money. You know what happened. Now, you know the rest of the story. Did that wreck his life? It did wreck his life. Yeah, but I made my bed and I'm going to live in it. He only lived in it till he wised up and said, You know what? This is so stupid. I'm going back home. Hello. Today, no matter what problem we're facing, all you got to do is just, I'm, I'm going back to God. I'm going to get God to help me. Because why did this kid want to come back home? He was hungry. He wasn't like, well, I guess I go back home and, and my dad's not going to feed me. Well, he fed him, all right. Did, and did more than that. He got it all back, with me. A few days later, this younger son packed everything. He went and he wasted his money on parties and prostitutes. Boy, he crossed the line on that one. You know, God just write you off for that. And sex sins and stuff. You just forget it, you know. Oh, really? Verse 14. About the time his money was gone, a great famine swept over the land. And he began to starve. Look how smart this guy was. And I'll tell you, he was smart. He persuaded a local farmer to hire and feed his pigs. The boy became so hungry, even the pods he was feeding, the swine looked good to him. And no one gave him anything. He finally came to his senses. That's why I'm saying he's smart. Look at this. He said to himself, At home, even the hired men have food enough. You know, he wasn't thinking about the personal condemnation. No, I guess my daddy's not going to love me anymore. He said, they got money. they got enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I'm going to go home to my father. And I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as your hired servant. Well, that sounded good right there. And whatever. That, that, oh, uh, oh. But when he gets to his dad, he won't. that's not going to fly. Yeah, but I mean, I've blown my life, so I shouldn't really be thinking about, just cut it out. We've all blown it. Or you're going to get in that category of I am better than Dustin. I'm glad that I didn't live my life like Dustin lived his life. And that's what the other silly brother started doing. He was mad that his father was being so gracious to him. But I tell you what, you can be the son and the brother in your own life. And you can say, I I don't deserve his blessings. That's the way I treated God. Or or just assume God won't do these things for me. You gotta throw that away. You have come back home, whatever. Jesus is happy about you. You got it, these things are yours. Anyway, so he returned to his father, and while he was still a long distance away, his father pulled out the odd six, put him in the scope, and shot him graveyard dead. No, he didn't. His father was looking for him. You know, you know. It really, and it, and it, this is uncanny. It's not. It's like, man, i Man, my my daddy would. Oh, well, he would. Boy, if I took half of his stuff, I, my daddy. Well, this is an illustration about some other daddy who's being referred to as God Almighty. His father saw him coming, was filled with loving pity, ran and embraced him and kissed him. Oh, my gosh. And then he started beating the poop out of him for throwing his money away to prostitutes and all these other things. No, he didn't. Don't you know the father knew he did that? He's wearing nasty duds and stuff. He knew it. But guess what? God... God... Supplies all our needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You have not brought a deficit to heaven because of all the blessings, let's say, that we squandered. You haven't. And God's not going to hold anything back. Sometimes we have this, He's holding things back. Boy, when I get good about reading my Bible, He's going to, are you kidding me? It's just believe in Jesus. We ought to read our Bibles and stuff. But don't make this thing, you know, a, a, a pay and play type program. Mm-mm. The only thing you need to pay is use your faith. Use your faith. So anyway, alright. His son said, Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven and I'm not worried to be called your son. Notice there's a dash. He didn't get to finish the part about making me a slave because it was too late. His dad already had a robe on him and everything else. But his father said to the slaves, Quick! Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. <laughs> of course, th- some people say, this is, this is when you first came to Jesus. Are you kidding? You probably pull this off every day of your life. Some point or other, you pull this off. You probably do things you shouldn't have done, whatever, and whatever. And that's the reason I'm telling you today, we just we're the most depressed people if we don't watch it. We're supposed to tell people about Jesus, and we're unhappy. Because we forget that God said to the angels, Quick! Get those financial blessings. Get that healing, get this, whatever, whatever's wrong, whatever's on his heart, fix it. People problems going on. And a jeweled ring for his finger and shoes kill the fatted calf. We have the fattening, fat, that we got in the fattening pen. We must celebrate with a feast. That's the reason, this was not a depressing thing when Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he said, here's these feasts we're going to have all throughout the year. Passover was number uno. And that was to remind them that they came out of what? Slavery. It wasn't to say, you know what? You need to know what slavery's like. So let's, let's lose your crops. No, matter of fact, every seven years, every debt was canceled. Every 50 years, if you sold your property, you got it back. You talk about having a hoot nanny. I mean, what was left but just to be thankful for the Lord. No wonder last week when we were studying about Balaam, Balaam said, if I could just die a happy Israelite. That's what we're supposed to be. Happy. And we are So kill the fatted calf in the fattening pen. Okay, we're going to have a celebration. For this son of mine was dead and returned to life. He was lost and is found. So the party began. Oh, mercy. Not both have no party with Jesus. Oh, brother. Jeez. Ridiculous. Well, better not be no drinking there. <laughs> That's probably the first thing on the menu. First thing on the menu. God will help people that got drinking problems. That's all there is to it. He will. We focus on thinking that's the only sin in the Bible. Just like divorce. Oh, my gosh. Divorce. Oh. Focus on your family, you'll go to heaven. You better believe in Jesus Christ. It's not keeping your family, you know. It's Jesus. Well, I come from a long line of people who never had a divorce. So what? Probably come from a whole line of people that were terribly depressed. Whatever. I mean, if they don't watch it. I mean, just, I mean really. It's, it, you know, some people just think that this is just... You know, if you keep this, this will no. Nah. Anyway, let's keep. It. Meanwhile, the son of the, the other older, the older son was in the field working. When he returned home, he heard, "Oh my goodness, this cannot be in the Bible." Let me tell you something. I could teach whole messages on dancing. It don't have to be in before the Lord either. It's just happy stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. We think you band tall down here. We think, you know, you go down there and go sing karaoke. Boy, you just. Would you please go sing some karaoke? There's nothing wrong with that. And if you don't go, Jesus has already got somebody else down there doing it for you. There's nothing going on in there that. It's just amazing. We just think we're in the Bible belt and we think these traditions are in the Bible. It's ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. <sighs> Thank God somebody's going in there. But you and your cookie cutter life or whatever, Jesus has got people coming into you and your clean little environment. Sometimes it may be a church. You know, we're just, we think this is whatever and we need Jesus. We're just stuck up, you know. We're not happy about anything. We don't think Jesus will do anything and we just, but I'm a church. Man, he will do anything. He wants to. Boy, the older son came in working. He returned. He heard dance music coming from the house. Of course, this is spiritual. This was worship. It was not. The daddy was having a party just like somebody having a reunion. And he asked one of the servants, what's going on? Your brother's back, he was told. Oh, and you know how it is with brothers and sisters. It's easy to get involved in this. But you just have to just hold your horses and think this thing through. But the brother didn't. He said, your brother's back. And your father killed a fatted calf and has prepared a great feast and we're celebrating his homecoming again. Unharmed, isn't that great? And the brother's like, you don't know that he did The older brother was angry, wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. He replied, All these years I've lived here and helped you, Daddy. And, you know, you wouldn't even do anything to give me a party or whatever. Well, remember the father said you could have had one. All you had to do was ask. Remember, a lot of times we get it confused. But he replied, All these years I've worked hard for you. You never refused to do a single thing you told me. and No, I never refused to do a single thing you told me. And all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Well, whose fault was that? You know. Yet when this, look at this, this son of yours, <laughs> no, he's not my brother, he's a son of yours. He comes back after spending your money on prostitutes. Here we are again. This is twice. I mean, this is holy territory right here. We're going, oh my gosh, you do something like this, you, you, you're not going to heaven. Oh, really? Remember, this started out, verse 1 was, Jesus was dealing with, oh, uh, you know, tax co- notorious sinners and dishonest tax collectors. <laughs> you celebrate the uh, by killing the finest calf we have on the place. You know, some people think this guy's right. Sometimes in our government we think, well, it's just right. Well, you just made your bed. It's over with. He says, look, dear son, his father said to me, you and I are very close and everything I have is yours. Boy, we miss that sometimes. Jesus, Jesus used this story because it's true. He said everything uh, he has belongs to you and I too. Wow! You know we're gonna reign with him. We're actually reigning now. But it was right to celebrate, for he is your brother, and he was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and is found. Uh, well, real quick, let me let me show you something back over here. I got it marked over here in uh, <clears throat> right here. This is Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter fourteen. Okay. Oh. Actually, four dude, I want to show you one here in, in numbers, numbers. It's thirty-one. Got these things figured out here. Okay, uh, they were coming back from, uh, uh, they were coming back from uh, a battle. And let's see. Anyway, and of course, God's army. I mean, Moses sent out the commanders and everything, and they did the business. They took care of the Midianites. Look at this. Then the officers and the battalion leaders. These are your generals. Look, they come back to Moses. Moses, we're going to talk to you a second. Look what they said. They came to Moses and said, We have accounted for all the men who went to battle and not one of us is missing. Again, that's in my Bible. Why was it in my Bible? Why did our ears this morning hear that? Listen, God will protect you. Now... If you don't think these generals went out of there and had a celebration, they were celebrating. And there was nothing wrong with it. Praise God. And notice what they said. Oh, we brought a special thank offering to the Lord from our loot, gold, jewelry, bracelets, anklets, rings, earrings, and necklaces. Praise God. Mm. And he said, this is to make atonement for our souls before the Lord. And anyway, they received a special offering from the captains and the battalion leaders and the com- company commanders and found its total value at $300,000. The soldiers also kept the personal loot for themselves. But anyway, the point was they were so thankful what the Lord had done. Oh, I tell you what, anyone tries to tell you, and it's usually yourself, oh, I'm not going to get anything out of the Bible. That Bible is. A, uh. The chapters are real short. Just read. Oh. 14th chapter. Let me show you this, and we need to close. I'll show you. But again, this is uh, this is why we realize that God wants, wants us happy. Let me close this down. Watch this. Okay. These are just some more things. He's listing things that He didn't want the Israelites to eat. And there was a reason back then, but right now, after what Jesus has done, you can eat whatever you want. I kind of like verse 21. I thought it's kind of funny because I hear that today. Uh, don't eat anything that's died a natural death. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that either. Now watch this this in verse 22 he says you got to tithe your crops every year bring the tithe to eat before the Lord at the place he shall choose the sanctuary now we could say you must bring your tithe of the crops every year you know I was listening to a preacher this morning and I just I got so tickled I know what they're doing but I thought I could go over to the piano and go one note where's the life let's see if God really is angry here. This applies to the tithes of your grain, new wine. Whoa, 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 What's the wine got to do with it? Better kick that one out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in the first morning, your flocks and herds, this the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your life. Now, he says, if the place the Lord chooses for a sanctuary is so far away that it isn't convenient to carry your tithes to that place, watch this, then you may sell the tithe portion of your crops and herds and take the money Watch this. To wherever the Lord wants it done. Look at verse 26. When you arrive, use the money to buy an ox. Now here we're gonna choke right here, okay? Oh. Uh, when you arrive, use the money to buy an ox, a sheep, some wine, or what? To feast there that <laughs> Jesus, you're you're messing me all up. No, wait a minute. You're messing yourself up. God wants you to be happy. He does. Anyway, to feast there before the Lord your God, and look at this, and to rejoice with their household. And he says, and don't forget to share your income with the Levites, that was the church people's way, it says, they have no property or crops, and anyway, he goes on and says, and when you're on your way, he says, bring the bring the, the foreigners there too, and what were they going to do? Sit straight with me in church, we've got to listen to a 30 minute message, and oh my gosh, then we're out of here. No, they spread out all over Jews, Jerusalem, but, but the way, best way I could describe that is if you go to an Auburn game or an Alabama game, and they have what? Hailgating. That's what was going on. And it was all in the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. What are we doing? He's made us a happy people. Well, we need to thank you. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. We're not feeling good. Lord, we thank you that you've made a way for us financially. If we're not feeling good financially, you'll fix that. And if there's any other trouble we're faced with, you will get us out of that trouble. Why? Because you're our God. You'll get us out. Lord, that did not leave anything left up for us to go tell others about Jesus because you are great. You're the only God and you're trying to tell others <clears throat> about the way, the truth and the life. So it's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. <clears throat>